Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide. The Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Los Angeles Rams UK. After the divisional round, heart-pounding, stomach-churning, knee-trembling, spine-chilling, breathtaking... Brady bashing, Buccaneer breaching, soul stealing victory against the Buccaneers at the weekend by 30 points to 27. I have with me this evening, Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm all the better for hearing that intro. Excellent. Good to have you here. And Annika joins us again. Hello. How are you guys? Very well indeed. Yourself? Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Excellent. I'm going to be a bit random with the um, the conversation this evening, I think, because I want to start with the finish <laughs> and that that final drive that Matthew Stafford has described as soul stealing for the Buccaneers. <laughs> and, and the look on his face when he did that interview and said those words was just delightful. But Annika, what did you think of that soul stealing final drive? Oh my god, I like I don't think I could go through that again. That was just horrible. Like, oh I do you know what? it's weird because um going into it, I was actually really confident and everyone was like, Oh, Brady Brady in playoffs, history, blah blah blah. I was like, nah, I'm not I'm not scared of that. I think, you know, wasn't impressed with the Bucks for most of the season. I thought we'd be all right. And um yeah, and then uh, suddenly lost my confidence quite quickly in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, that wasn't pretty at all, was it? It, it? The fourth quarter wasn't pretty at all, but just the the determination on Mr Stafford's face, and he, he just had that total focus that we that I remember seeing when he was in the, the Detroit Lions of that that fourth quarter final drive sort of comeback and Chris am I right in thinking that's his 43rd final drive win it's ridiculous the man's made of something not human um and it's like they said on commentary when you do are playing for the Lions or it might have actually been on one of the uh the NFL shows on on Sky this week playing for the Detroit Lions you are behind quite a lot so you have to get used to those final drive wins. And he just pulled every bit of that into those final seconds in that in that drive. And listeners of the pod will remember the championship game for a few years ago where I thought I was having a heart attack when we obviously got that win uh, against the Saints. I think I went through that again. And I'm not quite sure my, my body could take it again this coming week. And we'll obviously get into that. But I was watching it. I was actually on Skype with my brother, uh, who is a new LA Rams fan. Welcome to the welcome to the clan. Good good time to join. Um, so he's asking me lots of questions going on, and in the end, I said, "Right, we need to be quiet now. We need to concentrate." <laughs> <laughs> so we're basically watching it simultaneously, and it was just unbelievable. Did I think we would be able to do that at, at that point, where the position at the game was, how it had gone? I didn't know what to expect. It was just unreal. And I, I don't think I slept till about half one. No, that, I didn't. That night. 
I ended up, I, I was planning, I had work the next day and I was planning to go to bed, but I was like, I'm just going to sit and watch the Chiefs and the Bills because there's no way I can sleep after that. <laughs> <laughs> my phone <laughs> blew up. a good hour and a half before I can't so, after that. Yeah, my phone went crazy with people messaging me from L.A., <laughs> um, shout out to Sam Lagana. We were texting each other. Hannah Wilk, shout out to Hannah. She was messaging me. It was there was people. Honestly, my phone went crazy, and it was like I'm going to have to put this to bed soon because I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just crazy, crazy, and I I can't wait for next week because I don't, I want it all again. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it is going to be another crazy game. It's it's a late kickoff, but um, I mean that that last drive. I cannot believe there were 42 seconds on the clock and there was there was they still had time for a split sack from Sue and Pierre Paul on on Stafford and then a 20 yard pass to Cooper Cup and then that 44 yard pass to Cooper Cup again There's and no timeouts Yep and just that <laughs> just that pure Sorry. determination and I didn't realize until the morning but um Sue actually got to Stafford just a split second after he'd released that ball on that 44-yard pass. And if you see the camera angle looking at Sue's face, he's so pleased with himself that he got there. <laughs> and he got there a split second too late as well. He's like the cock of the north. And then everybody else on the team is actually looking at the ball, nestling in Cooper Cup's arms. And that I think and, that's the first time Stafford actually knew where the ball was. Yeah. When it actually nestled in his arms, because he was on the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realised as well that Sue didn't make it back to the line of scrimmage. They actually substituted him. Did they really? I didn't know that. He, he, he pretty much walked off because he knew it was game over. <laughs> I that, that I think is again is the the will be that image and or sort of even it could be probably made into a gif at some point of Stafford shouting the players to the line. Yes. And he stops and, and you're looking at the clock ticking and he's yelling them, get to the line, get to the line. I think that clip will be used for time to come, showing <laughs> what he's all about, basically. As as much as the choppers at in New Orleans. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, I mean, that, I mean, we started what was possibly the most exciting bit for the Rams. And I don't know if you want to come in on anything else there, Annika, because you've had one go at it, but I'll, I'll let you have another go again. <laughs> no, I'm good. I've got a few other bits, but they were like in other parts of the game. So I'll come yeah. back on those. <laughs> yeah. And one of the other things that I did want to flag up, and I, I'd forgotten this, but for Matt Gay, to go from hero to zero and then back to hero. And after having been released by the Buccaneers two years ago, you know, how pumped must he be, Chris? Yeah, and, and that kick that he missed, it, it was it was weird. I didn't I thought he he cleared it when they, and then I seen the, the judges say no good, and I'm like, what? And it had to take to the replay to actually see that it was short. Yeah. But the commentators actually had, had mentioned that he'd done exactly that when practicing from exactly the same yardage. Right. And that must have, there must be something in the back of his head of where that, that's why I would potentially why it happened again. But I didn't feel any doubt of him to miss that kick at the end. 
No, not at and all. And we, we haven't been in that position since Zerline. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Annika, kicking? Yeah, no, it's funny because obviously when you sent me the over the draft agenda, I'd almost forgotten about the zero moment for Matt Gay because that last kick was just so epic and he was so cool with it and I was like a bag of nerves. But like, <laughs> look, I kind of thought he would make it because yeah, he has been that accurate and he's been really good for us. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know, maybe I think quite a lot of us LA Rams fans were just thinking, we can't let this slip now. We can't <laughs> let this slip after everything we've done. But yeah, very relieved to see it going. Yeah, it, it was a truly epic walk-off moment. Uh, but I mean, there was quite a bit that was wrong with the Rams' performance as well, Annika. Cam Akers, what was that about? Turning up, Did he turn over the ball twice? And I feel really bad for him because obviously he has come back in and it was great to have him back in and he had such a solid start. But then, it, it I don't know, maybe it was just that lack of gameplay, lack of confidence. I'm not really sure, but oh, it, it just unraveled so badly for him. Yeah, and it was unfortunate, really. I mean, yeah. Chris, did you have any thoughts on Cam Akers? Is it just an aberration? It, it feels as though it's very much out of character for him. But a lot I think of, so. Quite a lot of Rams fans were piling into him. Yeah, I don't think it's it's fair to do that. He's still theory. I mean, I probably still class him as, as a rookie to the team. <laughs> even though obviously he had his time last year, but he's obviously been out so much this year. He hasn't had as many reps as potentially some others in his class has had. But was it a bit of naivety, potentially? Um, it showed the trust from McVeigh to trust him to keep running the ball, which which for me is a positive. From the things that I've seen, I think it was just a young running back and the naivety of forgetting who is on that line and obviously Sue getting his arm in there and whatever else. But as as a running back, you're going into the middle of the pack, you've got to have two hands on the ball. And going in with it in, in the left arm, which I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, is that his strong arm or not? I don't know. Um, but it, yeah, it just that's just what it felt like a little bit really. So let let's not dwell on something like that for me it, it was one of those things in the game it, it Christ it made it made it for one hell of a game do you know what I mean so we're going to dwell on it a little bit longer Chris because Cooper Cup was also guilty mm, that was uh, that was a shocker for me I I couldn't believe it when I saw that slip out of his hand it's just like I don't think I've ever seen him do it like it just doesn't happen to Cooper Cup no nope. I think it was the hit I think it was more the hit than the than the hold. I think it was a good strip. I, I thought it was a good strip, to be honest. Mm. Uh, you know, he, the guy, I can't remember who tackled him, but he, he did really get his hand in there. Mm. And I, I, I thought it was a strip rather mm. than a straight fumble. Yeah. And, and again, it's playoff football. It's big games for these players. And it kind of, we, we didn't think this guy was human throughout the season, but I think he, he showed <laughs> that he potentially is. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but apart from that, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup made some excellent plays. You know, he had eleven targets for nine receptions and one hundred and eighty-three yards. 
183 yards from nine receptions. That's ridiculous numbers, isn't it? I'll keep saying it. There's no reason why he can't be the MVP. Oh, if I 100% it, agree. If everybody 100%. says that Mr. Rogers is the MVP, he's blew it again in a playoff game. All I'm saying. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No comparison this season. Absolutely no comparison. And 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 as much as the the Rams had some big passes, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. eight targets, six receptions for sixty nine yards. That's ridiculous. And, and it, but it, it ended up being fairly balanced on the offense, and there was there was pretty much a, a very similar number of. Um, rushing attempts as receiving our, our absolute actual receptions. But we didn't get the rushing game going at all. There was there was lots of attempts and there's very small yardages and you know Van Jefferson ripped off 15 yards, but that was the exception that pretty much proved the rule. And again, big rig hicks to the rescue. Annika? Yeah, and you know what? Like, I know we'll we'll probably go into more detail about this further in the pod, but that is what worries me going into this game with the 49ers because it we just didn't have our normal run game up and running. And I don't know. It's weird for us not to have that, having found it again. It's just, I, that does concern me. And Chris, do you think it was deliberate or do you think it was forced into it? Or did we see the opportunities that were there for the passing? I think I think it's definitely within the opportunity side of it, and I think, and again, I'll, I will probably go into it a little bit more when we obviously start talking about next week. But I see that as the blueprint for next week as well. Okay, um, we've got a team there as a very very strong defensive line who's going to come at you and try and mess up the pocket. That's exactly how San Francisco are trying to play as well. So, for the way that we actually attack this game, and to be where we were. At, at the points we were at, at, whatever score it was, I don't like to say how many points, 27-3 was it at some point. So, it, do you know what I mean? It, that We did that potentially not on the dirt, on the ground, but in the air. So, I, And that's how I see the game plan potentially working once again. But to to show what the, the first half and the, and the passing game, it was just wow. We've always said about McVeigh that we don't want him to move away that something's working. And I think effectively that's what we got in this game is that the running game wasn't working. So we went to the passing game, bang, it was working. Let's stick with it. I haven't got an issue with that. It's when it flips between the two and he, and then no, neither work. Mm. Yeah. So it, you've, 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 it showed to me that he actually played the game in front of him rather than sticking to a plan and being stubborn about it. Yeah. Which is what, which is what a lot of fans have wanted this season. Yeah. You know, we, we need to have that plan B and not be afraid to move. Definitely. To it. Okay. Well, I think the plan B has got to be that Kendall Blayton scored a touchdown. It was only his fourth touch of the ball all year. <laughs> that ain't in plan A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone says. He has not drawn that up for him. <laughs> no. And, so, you know, it, it was so good to see somebody like that performing so well. Or getting the touchdown and that touch as well. Exactly. He yeah. must be completely made up now. Well, he's made, isn't he? <laughs> but moving back to something that was disappointing, you know, you know, we had potentially the ball just before the half and knew that we'd be receiving the ball in the second half. And we had that interception from the books and then we fumbled it after five plays. 
and gave the Buccaneers that opportunity to hold the ball, only for 19 seconds at the end of the half. And there was, there was a golden opportunity where we, we should have scored either side of the half. And I think if we had done, whether it be field goals or, or, or a touchdown and a field goal, I think that would have killed the game. Annika? I 100% agree. And it's, like, it's a shame that we weren't able to capitalise on that because you do feel like that was kind of when the Bucks thought, oh, hang on a minute, they're not completely 100% proof here. We can actually get back in this game and it's exactly what they did. And um, yeah, very frustrating that we did, we couldn't get the touchdowns either side or, or just like, as you say, any points on the board, either side of the half. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Chris? No, yeah, it felt like that, didn't it? You, you, you sort of saw that and it was like, oh, that's changed the halftime talk. It may have been a bit of a different feel to that, but it, it gave them, I wouldn't say momentum at that point. There was still obviously, they had to go and do what they did, but it definitely, there was a flip to think mm, that everything else has been going right now and that's a turn of the turn of the screw a little bit the other yeah. way. So yeah, that just, that's effectively the, the how the pendulum swung all the way through then and then the second half and then the, the fourth quarter was absolutely mental. It, it was, it was, it was crackers. And uh, I don't think it <laughs> gave the Buccaneers momentum, but it certainly stopped ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is as good as for Buccaneers, obviously. And I know a lot of the commentators on, on football TV have been given a lot of credit to um, Mr. Brady for his, his comeback cojones. And, it was very, very tense, wasn't it, Annika? It was very scary. And I, I do have a bit of a confession. And I think if we'd have lost the game, I probably would have taken this to my grave. But um, in the third quarter, I was so confident that we were going to beat the Bucks. I'd been having um, a chat with, I don't know if you guys know Will Gavin on TalkSport. He, he's a big 49ers fan. And before the game, I was having we was having a chat because I was like, oh, I don't fear the Bucks, but I fear you guys more, blah, blah, blah. Very confident that we were going to get through this easy. And in the third quarter, I actually messaged him and I was like, well, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, but I still told you we'd get there. And then everything started to unravel. And I, I said to him, I was like, I think I've caused this. And then when the, <laughs> when they drew level... I messaged him again and I was like, I've definitely caused this. So I wholeheartedly apologise to every single Rams fan in the world. Sorry, wow. I would never, ever do that again, ever. Wow, that's that's big, that. That is big. Chris, yeah. do, do, do we lose Annika at this oh, point of the podcast? Uh, it, we, well, if we'd have known that, if, there was, if the result had gone the other way and we'd have known that, Tony, she may not have been asked back. I would have taken it <laughs> However, to my grave. That, that never would have happened if we'd have lost that game. Because it didn't go in that, I think she's okay to stay for now. Okay. But don't <laughs> ever, ever do that again. It's definitely a yellow card, Annika. Definitely a yellow card. And from what you were saying, in the same sort of ilk, the commentators, and, and again, I don't know what footage... You guys are watching, but the Sky commentators, Neil Reynolds, I, I don't mind Neil, but he was kind of winding me up getting on the Brady train. <laughs> yes. And then all the commentators on the the uh, the American coverage talking about Brady, remember when he did this? I'm like, 
just stop now. Well, it had a few more colourful words than that. But it was like, just, no, this is what commentators do. They get into people like that, and it's just, oh, it, it, well, that's what adds to the drama, I suppose. It does. And it, was, it was an extremely dramatic game. And I've only got one other thing that I wanted to talk about or, or mention during the um, conversation about the Buccaneers, but the muffed snap. <laughs> was, was, nice. What happened there, Chris? Was it just miscommunication? Was I, I think it was a miscommunication, and I think that Alan had obviously seen a movement from someone, and I hope I, I just wish that movement had come in as a flag because <laughs> there was obviously some sort of movement on the line which he thought was his cue to pass the ball, and you've seen it. Um, the odd time, but normally it hits the quarterback's shoulder or to that, but this flew nearly 20 yards past him. I was like, he's not playing long snapper. What's the crackage? How hard is he throwing that thing? And it's like, if, if Matthew Stafford had caught that, I think if, and he'd got tackled, we'd have been at a loss of 15 yards anyway, because they threw him backwards. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I just, I just, just, it was again, playoff football, it messes with people. They, they, uh, yeah. Fair dues, their, their crowd was pretty good. They they did make some serious noise, fair dues to them. And I don't know if you've seen some of the, the footage of, of um, Mike Duff with Greg Gaines. Pure comedy, you got gold, if oh, I'm honest. The Mike Duff. Yes. Oh, unbelievable. Brilliant. Amazing. And you could tell the noise from there. And, fair, and, and that, again, has an effect. And that is where they want the effect to take place, and it worked. Because I think Greg Gaines was complaining that one of the guys behind him was singing Yo-Ho holding a bottle of rum or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said the people sitting next to the cannon will be deaf by the end of this. <laughs> and I do need to wonder, do you think it, for Alan it was just what, like a slight getting caught up in the moment for him and the, and the, the magnitude of the situation? Because it was just like, it was one of those moments in the game where I was just thinking okay, like it already started to unravel and then that happened and you're like, oh no, this is this is not good. Like what is going on? Have we completely um, unraveled now? Have we completely lost it within the team? So yeah, it was it was like a worrying moment when that happened. But there was a, yeah, a lot of furious messages between me and my friends about that. <laughs> Indeed. And, you know, I mean, despite the missed field goal, the four turnovers... And everything else, we we still come away with that final drive that steals the soul of every single Tampa Bay Buccaneer <laughs> fan in that stadium, <laughs> and that just fills me with a, a an awesome blue and yellow glow. It was so sweet. So I'm, I'm, feeling, sweet. I'm feeling eloquent tonight. You are the. the... It's, it's very, very, I don't know what else to say, Tony. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> and and I don't, we really need to go back and talk about a player that we've talked about a number of times over the last few weeks and our kickoff punt returner, Mr. Brandon Powell. One kickoff return for 19 yards and three punt returns for an average of 20 yards a pop. He's, he, I think he's our guy, Annika. Definitely. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for me. Chris, Definitely. any thoughts on Mr. Powell? 
No, he's done, he's done well, hasn't he? And, and again, it's taking your chance because we didn't have anybody and, and a few people had, had been given that chance. And it's not an easy job. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want that job. With all those people running at you, just basically wanting to knock your block off, it's not a job some people want. But he's taking the chance. He's doing doing what we need him to do. Don't let go of the ball and and get as far up the up the field as possible. I I, I feel one one will go will come for him as well. Um, and that's something that we were struggling with at the start of the year with special teams, and that definitely seems to have flipped into an into another gear now. Yep. And forgive me again, because I haven't noted this down, but I'm just flicking through the stats from the NFL.com. And I don't think we've mentioned Mr. Nick Scott, Chris. Nick Scott. What a pick, by the way. <laughs> the guy's about four foot three and out jumps. What a jump, by the way. And that, I, the, the timing was unbelievable. Or pick Scott, as we now like to call him. Oh, very good. <laughs> You're very proud of that now. I did you have that yeah. line up before? And yeah, I, I, I stole that from the Rams Twitter page. I'm sorry, it's just oh, a shameless. I can't, I shameless. Can't take that. <laughs> Scott, excellent. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was great, and you know, really timely as well. And he he's growing into a real asset, Annika. Yeah, and I think you know anyone who's going to pick off Tom Brady is going to be in our hearts forever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah, I'm. Not. I'm pretty sure he's still got that ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, and on, again on the defensive side, it showed we had to, and we had to do what we needed to do. Was the the three guys who we always talk about on the front doing their job? Ad got his sack. Floyd got his sack, and so did Von Miller. So Brady got some serious hits, and the blood on his lip made me smile. Oh yeah, we Bless have a bit of that. Like, oh, there's there's. There's some sort of market employee for him. <laughs> He'll be using that, won't he? I mean, even even better than that, even better than him being, inverted commas, injured, was the fact that he got an unsportsmanlike conduct yeah. penalty. <laughs> for the first time in his career. First time in his career. <laughs> how? How I do not know with the way he speaks to the officials is ridiculous. I know. He was lucky not to get a second one, I thought, as well, because he was carrying it on afterwards. Yeah, yes. um, I yeah, think no. when you actually saw the footage of that, where he actually got that penalty, you forget how tall he is. Yeah, because he looks down on pretty much most official, <laughs> and it, it is intimidating. And that's what it, that's what the the flag's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's all good. I mean, yeah, uh, we've not mentioned Eric Weddle. Uh, did he have a good game for you, Chris? Uh, he frightened the living daylights out of me on yeah, that penalty, by say, the way. I'm not a confident. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I started listening to the rules of that play, because at the first instance I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, but to, to come in and not to play the, the, where he hasn't done and, and effectively doing what he's doing. And I think it just brings that element of calm to the backs because of the experience that he's got. Um, it can only be a benefit. You just sometimes, I think that tackle, obviously, or penalty on Mike Evans was maybe rust uh, of obviously not being on the field because he was just that couple of seconds too late. But actually, those couple of seconds too late helped us with the penalty. Yes. I think if you if the Twitch fibers were actually working properly, that could have been a lot worse for us. So you take the rough with the smooth, right? Indeed. Yeah. 
absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. And I think if we're, you know, we're, we're clearly going all in to get this home Super Bowl. So why not bring anyone in that's going to help you or take everyone that's going to help us get there? Yeah, very, not very allowed, much not, so. allowed, not allowed to say the S word yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we haven't played Tampa very often, although we seem to play them every year at the moment. <laughs> but that, that does take our record against them in the playoffs to 3-0, and which is... Um, quite delightful and we are i think i said this last week anyway when uh jc was with us we are we are down to play tampa bay again next year really we are um i can't remember which way around it is they played it ours so it will be theirs i think well we know we can go there and get the get the w yeah. easy easy thing in it Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure it was easy, Chris, but it's, it's certainly doable. So, anything else that you want to bring to the table on on the Buccaneers' win? Nothing Chris? else from me. No, nope. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Well, it only took us half an hour or so. That's uh, that's pretty good going for a, a divisional round playoff game. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some questions in social media. I've not reviewed them. I don't have them in front of me just yet, but we will get there. Um, Annika. Player updates and any news that's come out since the game for you? Um, so I think is it just the Whitworth that we're still waiting on? I don't think I haven't I haven't actually caught up with too many, so I'm not sure where we're at on that. No, I think we're still waiting for Whitworth and Taylor Rapp, I believe, Chris. Is that correct? I think so. I think so. But sort of give a heads up to to, to Noteboom. I thought he actually filled in and played really well, actually. Um, it it didn't feel like that there was the much coming through on that side, which was a bit of a worry to me. Obviously, with it being the blind side for, for Stafford, and that's his his, his guy, and, and doing what he could. But but no, I thought Nottingham did quite well. But no, it'd be great to have him back. Obviously, he's a leader of the pack, so fingers yeah. crossed he can uh, get himself sorted. Um, and, I, and I see that Kelly Stafford's waded into the. Um... Uh, Sue debate as well with her podcast the day after, and um, she she wasn't very complimentary about Mister Sue. Um, so I, I mean, I'm sure everybody can find One that on social it. media. Um, but she's also wading into the debate about um, opposition fans in the SoFi stands, and apparently her and Matthew are buying up tickets and giving them away to genuine Rams fans. Uh, I'll quite happily have one of those if they also want to pay for my flight. I was going to say, yeah, can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a contingent of LA Rams UK fans going out to the game. I've noticed it. Looks so, good. our our regular correspondent Daniel Flint does have a ticket, and and he's on his way. Um, regular podcast, now a regular participant podcast participant, Chris. Um, he's on his way to um, Los Angeles as well. As is Tom from the Jetwash Four. He's returning to Los Angeles again this season. And who's the other one? Oh, Stuart. Stuart Cameron. Um, he's on his way to Los Angeles. So have a good trip, guys, and bring back that W for us so we can uh, progress in the playoffs. Very jealous, indeed. Very jealous. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, in my current state, I don't think I'm allowed <laughs> yeah. to fly. As I am speaking to you, I do have COVID at the moment, but I am fine. No one panic. <laughs> I have to say, like, I know I'm not allowed to mention that word yet, but I do have uh, Stop a credit it. card on hold just in case, and I am like, I'm, I'm seriously considering it. If it oh, happens. you really? 
Yeah, I don't. I, I think uh, it would either be one of those decisions that is totally amazing or the most stupid decision I've ever made. Don't care, to do, do it. it. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely a bit of me that's like, ah, oh, just waiting to see on Sunday and then I'll make my decision. I don't know if you guys either know, but in relation to the Super Bowl will be a straight ballot to any fan, I take it. I don't, will SoFi season ticket holders get some sort of priority or not? I, I don't know if you're if you're a license holder. I think if you're a season season seat license holder, I think you get some type of priority for, right. for, for tickets. But I, I wouldn't take that as 100% red. Okay. You know, they are going to be like gold. Just as much as I've seen the price of tickets going up to over a thousand dollars a pop uh, for this game, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to either secure your ticket through a legitimate source before you go or take a serious wedge of cash with you. Mm. Yeah. Well, the I last thinking... I checked, it was like eight grand. And just to clarify, oh it wouldn't be yeah. to get in the suit in the Super Bowl, just to go to LA and be part of the atmosphere. You've and got it's... friends in high places, Annika. We I know don't that. think I can, I can yeah. <laughs> eight grand, no, I'm out. I'm out with that. <laughs> As an ex NFL UK worker, you've got some friends in high places. We know you are. <laughs> no, no, I was speaking to one of the guys over in LA, David, um, who Tony, you've met yes. over in London and over in LA as well. Yep. Uh, and he was showing me his print screen that he had the tickets already in his basket ready for the championship game halfway through the game on Sunday. So as soon as the final whistle went, he was pressing by. So uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's on the same ilk as yourself, Annika. He was all in. He was He was ready to go. I admire that. I absolutely admire that. And, and a bit gutted I didn't think of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's beholden on us to talk about the great enemy, the red Satan that is San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> who we have to face yet again this oh, season. This scares Why? me so much. It really does. I just... It's one of those, on paper, you think we should be able to beat them on paper, but we just can't. See, I'm a a, a completely different thing. I I cannot wait. I think we're going to really put it on them. I don't know why I've got that in me at the minute, but (laughs) I feel like we've got it really. And watching the the highlights and the bits of their game from the other day, they're gettable. Just make sure that Jimmy G has the ball in his hand. Do that, and they are nobody. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Just make sure he has to throw it. If he's got to throw it, they are a bang average. Well, here's a stat for you guys. San Francisco 49ers haven't scored an offensive touchdown in the playoffs. This is what I'm saying. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. And, and as much as that touchdown against the Packers was good play by the defence and fortunate, you know, they, they got away with murder there, didn't they? It was, a special, it was a special team, wasn't it? It was they blocked, oh, so this, yeah. yes, they blocked, yes. the, blocked the punt, wasn't it? So, yeah. and, and again, that shows what they will do. They will come through the line. That, that's what they're after doing. They want to smash you in the mouth. And, and that, that's how they play. So... We've just got to ensure that we go at it, do what we need to do, and uh, 
keep the ball in Jimmy G's hands. That is the way that we beat this team. Yeah, and it's it's got to come soon, hasn't it? You know, we've lost six straight to them, <laughs> and I, I I think it was two episodes ago we had a special segment from Tom, who who broke down the possibilities of why we keep losing to the 49ers. So anybody that's interested, you should go back to our podcast. I think it's number 68. But if you look at the description, there is a special Tom Talks where he spot talks specifically about why the 49ers seem to have our number at the moment. So it's, it's well worth listening to that for five minutes. And it's, it's great for our podcast numbers, Chris. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So it's worth going back to that. So in, we are we are in good form. We we have played well in the playoffs. We've got to take that momentum into that home game. What what is essentially the semi final, the NFC Championship game. And I, I'm not going to ask either of you for a score prediction because I, th- I, th- I don't think that's fair in a championship game. I don't think we. I don't think I, any of us could come up with a number that would come anywhere close to being correct. Because I, th- I think he's got the potential to go either way completely. Fifty four three. <laughs> have you got Tourette's again Chris sorry I mean, that that would be fantastic you know I'd love that all day long as long as those three points come right at the beginning and then it's all Rams for the rest of the game yeah. it, it said, they said in one of the comments on, on the on the footage for the game against the Bucks was like oh let's not hope for a boring fourth quarter I was on with my brother and I went I want it to be absolutely boring as anything I don't want it to be <laughs> and what it was was anything but boring but no, I was like, give me boring football. Let's get up at half time and then let's just kill it. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, I'm happy for that. <laughs> and I also think as much as I dread it and as much as I think we've never beaten them, how amazing would it feel? And such a revenge for them taking our halftime record from McVeigh. How sweet it would be to stop them going to the Super Bowl. Like that would just be the icing on the cake. So I don't care how we get there as long as we get there. Apparently we're the first team to host an NFC championship game and have the player and have the Super Bowl in the same stadium. Yeah, we must be. And like how great is it that we can just stay at home for both games? <laughs> well that that was the comment, aren't it? It is win and go home after yeah. after the game, <laughs> wasn't it? So it, it does it does feel great. Will, we, that that will, we, will they be able to stay? And again we are hoping. They will obviously be in the home dressing room this week. I wonder how that works in the Super Bowl. No, apparently the AFC are the home team. So are I don't they know really? if they, they are. They are. I'm. I'm fair. I'm 95% certain that is fact, and I'm sure that Chris is quickly googling that to make sure it's the correct way around. But I believe the NFC team is the scheduled away team. Whether that's a does that flip every year? Does it? It does. Does it? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So whether that will mean we can keep our home. Um, changing rooms or not is another matter but certainly on the uniform choice surely of all years we can pull a COVID card on this and say look it's our home dressing room we've been in there last week do you really want to go in there like that's a great shout (laughs) that's a superb shout I love that and it is there is a two week gap obviously between games but um Yes, it's it's going to be interesting to be in theory the, the road team for our home Super Bowl if we get there if if we get there. So, I'm confident and I'm ready for it. <laughs> excellent. And, and are you doing anything special for it, Chris? For the game on Sunday? Yes. Um, I will probably be doing exactly the same as I did last week because I'm, I'm I'm one of a superstition. 
Goodbye. Um, so <laughs> I I took the T-shirt. I had an LA Rams T-shirt on on Sunday. I took that straight off and hung that up, and it's gone in my wardrobe. I will put that back on again on Sunday evening. Um, I have my hoodie on the back of the chair. That will be in exactly the same position. Um, and I will probably go on, as I say, on Skype with my brother again. And and as Neil Reynolds actually mentioned um, on the coverage on Sky, you get to that position, especially me with having kids, to that time of the night where you have to celebrate in silence. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'll be in. I'll probably be doing that again. Fingers crossed. And before I ask Annika if she's got anything special, I have a little bit of a confession as well that in about an hour before the game kicked off. I realised that the T-shirt that I wore to watch the Cardinals game, and I because I, I changed my T-shirt after losing to the 49ers, I thought, I can't wear that Rams T-shirt. I'm going to get a different one. And I got one of the older ones out, and I put it on, and we beat the Cardinals. And I thought, that's it. That's my lucky T-shirt. And an hour before the game, I went looking for it, and it was still in my wash basket, Chris. Did you put it on? I, I hadn't washed it. I hadn't washed it. And I, I had hadn't washed the one from Sunday. You can't wash I, it. I, I did immediately put it on. I thought, there's nobody else in, in the room. I haven't got a problem. This is it. But then the debate was, now that it's been lucky for two games, do I wash it or do I put it on the end no. of the bed? No, you, and you can't no. wash it. Don't wash, wash it. it. No, so, I, have not, I have not big, washed it. Big shout out to a friend of the show, Vince Kitagawa. I don't know if you've seen a post on his, on his Facebook page, but he still has his Christmas tree up. That's right. Because he won't get his Christmas tree down until we lose. <laughs> until we're out of the playoffs, he won't put his Christmas tree down. But I want it to be Christmas all, all day of the year in Vince's house. <laughs> Do, doesn't, isn't there a pub in Portsmouth that does exactly the same for Portsmouth FC when they're in the FA Cup? They only take the Christmas decks down when they get knocked out? Yeah, I think they probably take that down at the free pre-season, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> it wasn't so long ago that it actually got to the FA Cup final in May. Well, it was a bit of a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Annika, are you doing anything special on Sunday for the game? It's funny you say about the T-shirt thing, because I also have a T-shirt thing. So I have a Cooper Cup T-shirt that I've worn for every single game this season. And for the life of me, I can't remember why, but there was one game that I for some reason I think I was working late didn't um have it on and it was the Cardinals loss and it's so funny because we were we absolutely obviously breezed through the Cardinals in in the wildcard weekend and that convinced me I was like it's definitely because I didn't wear the t-shirt that's why we lost to the Cardinals so I can't do it again so I make sure I'm always wearing my Cooper Cup t-shirt I've got a bit of a sticky situation this weekend, though, because obviously, as I mentioned last time I was on, I work for, for Brentford Football Club and it's transfer deadline day on Monday. So oh, I've is, got to be in first thing Monday morning for transfer deadline day. So I can't I can't like record it and watch it in the morning. I've got to watch it live. So what I'm going to try and do is like have a nap on like Sunday afternoon, early evening, and then just try and like soldier through until the end and then just have a bit of sleep before I go into work. Set not sure alarm. if it's going to work or not, but... Set your alarm, because if you don't, that ain't going to be good. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest, you know, I've got, I've got to a certain age um, last year and <laughs> I know it's an 11.30 kickoff, but I'm going to bed at about half past eight for a couple of hours before I get back up for the game. Otherwise. It's the way to go. It's the way to go. you got to get that I'm, nap in. I'm going all in. I'm not sleeping. Let's just go for it. <laughs> Chris, when I asked yeah. you for any 
team or other NFL news before, you missed a really important piece of news. We haven't talked about your friends in New Orleans. See, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna mention it, but I'm, I'm not one to be bitter. <laughs> Much. But it makes me giggle how Sean Payton has gone. Nah, I don't fancy this anymore. <laughs> and basically told him he's not coming back. So they are now without a head coach. What an absolute crying shame. Yeah, terrible, and, terrible. <laughs> and by the sounds of it, there is a possibility from where I, from what I hear that they are after a quarterback. I've been told by my brother-in-law that he thinks Jameis Winston will be their quarterback next year. I may have giggled at that point. But Mr. Rogers isn't happy and Mr. Russell Wilson isn't happy. If they haven't got a head coach, they ain't getting either of them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. That's evil. But in, in the same breath, people have started touting Sean Payton for the Dallas Cowboys and he's the final piece in the jigsaw that the Cowboys need to get to the Super Bowl. Apparently, but I don't, I don't see... I can't stand the geezer. And I, I went to actually... Again, it pains me to say that I, I, I was a, a very good brother-in-law at one point and went down to one of the Wembley games when the Saints played Dolphins. Um, and Sean Payton, you could see he didn't want to be at the fan rally, which was on Regent Street. And he was just a miserable sod. And since then, I've dis- disliked the geezer. Um, so all the best to him. Let's see where he ends up if we're honest, after his sabbatical. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, that, that was, I, I thought that was beholden on us to me- at least mention that. No, I think there's going to be a very big merry-go-round once the season ends with all these head coach jobs and, and GM jobs up for grabs. I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting off-season. Yes, and um, as, as per usual, I think there will be uh, the vultures hovering around I think so. the uh, Rams coaching staff again. I think so, but like we said before, we, we don't get very many... Uh, picks in the draft and when they do take a coach off you at least it gives us a go in the draft (laughs) (laughs) right so I think that leads us into the social media questions Chris I think it might so here we go let's head to um, Twitter first Uh, Daniel Flint was on first begging for a ticket for this week's weekend's game (laughs) Um, I think he has one. Um, I believe he has one. So he, he has flights. He has tickets. He's all sorted. Hope he uh, gets to the tailgate with Rams Empire and sends us lots of lovely pictures of his weekend in Los Angeles. Um, Andy Ladd 701, regular correspondent and um, regular participant on the podcast. Would you keep the, the Would you keep the starting team we had out against the books, or would you make changes if certain players such as Sebastian Joseph Day are good to play this weekend, Chris. Um, I think you've you've probably got to stick with what you've got, but to have him to come in and maybe share a little bit more than what you would normally have from a backup is, is why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. For someone to come in straight off, you've got to make sure that they're ready to come straight in. Um, and obviously they, they potentially wouldn't be suited up if they weren't but for where you would obviously see him to come in I think Greg Gaines has, has done really well and I think he's surprised a lot of people so I'm not sure I don't know 
Okay, okay. Annika, thoughts? Well, we can't deprive the viewers of another week of Mike's of gains, can we? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to agree with Chris. I think you keep the same team and then he's great to have as a backup. And, and if you need to change it up, then great. And I, I think, yeah, it's I think it's too big of a game to bring someone in straight off the bat. I, th I think, uh, yeah, you keep starting starting team. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the only person that I would definitely bring back in, if and when they are fit, is Mr. Whitworth. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think he he has to start if he's ready to, and that that's mentally and physically. I think he he will want to, and I think they'll make a judgment on whether he's a, available to do so. But I, I think that's the only change that I would definitely make without a second hesitation. And and I think Noteboom would understand that as well. And I think it yeah. would be a little harsh on Gaines for what he's actually brought to the line while um, Joseph Day's been out. Um, yeah. and, and I think what you may actually see, it, it depends. Sometimes you don't realise how, how many times Donald is actually off the field. But if you've got someone like Joseph Day on the sideline, as much as AD is a, is a one beast into his own, it's not as... A much of a difficulty to take him out if you've got someone like that to fill the gap. Indeed, indeed. So, a bit of a comment and awareness thing from um, Daniel Schilling Zero on Twitter. Um, anyone else nearly have a heart attack during this game? To which yes. CC mm -hmm. Diddy replied, I had at least three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that goes for pretty much every Rams fan who's watching this in the dead of night across in the UK. And I, I didn't say this when we were talking about that final drive, but I, I, I invariably watch Game Pass on my computer because then I can be on the Discord and Twitter and Facebook and everything all at the same time rather than sat in front of the larger TV. But I was stood in front of my screens, silently screaming <laughs> during the whole of that final play. And... I, I made a deliberate choice to stand on the rug, otherwise I'm on a hard floor. And when we made that field goal, I was leaping in the air, very conscious of the fact that my, my wife was asleep about six feet above my head. <laughs> so, yes, um, cardiac arrests all round, I think, there. Um, yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm actually quite glad I wasn't wearing my Apple Watch at the time because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it would have called the emergency services for, for the uh, extensive heartbeat. <laughs> I genuinely don't think... I can go through that again. I, I generally like it. I just can't. No. <laughs> Conversely, I would if it meant that we got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I, would, with you there. I would take, I don't want to, I would take it <laughs> if it meant, if I knew that it meant that we would get through and win that game against the yeah. 49ers. Yeah. And, and you, you, you really don't like them, do you? I do but not. Then you would, it wouldn't be the same, would it? Because it was that fear that that made it so traumatic that you thought, "Are we going to lose this in such a like a horrendous way?" Like it, if you knew that you're going to go through, it, just you just wouldn't have those same feelings. No, you're such a spoil sport, Annika. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being realistic. <laughs> so David Penny on Twitter. 
isn't it better to just keep playing football, winning the lead, than to change and try to hold the ball and to run time off the clock? It's as easy to fumble than throw interceptions, it seems. To which Batten Heating, Tom, um, replies, last three games have been abysmal when Sean McVeigh decides to take his foot off the gas. However, Sunday's game was a comedy of really uncharacteristic errors and then that in reality are unlikely to be repeated. Acres and cup fumbles, the crazy snap and the missed field goal. Crazy game. So, I, I Chris. There was also the bit with, with um, Mike Evans where Jalen Ramsey just stopped running. It's just yeah. like, you're just shouting at the TV like, why have you stopped? Because he clearly thought it wasn't going to get that far. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, th- I agree. Just uncharacteristic errors, I think. So, sounds like Annika's all gas, no brakes. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you, you'd like to hope that those what you've just mentioned there, the four, five, however many odd things that happen within the game, wouldn't come again all in one time. So, I think I, I kind of understand why they were doing what they were doing with, with trying to run the ball, kill the clock, and everything like that. But yeah, it, it just it, it felt. I don't know. I'm, I'm still. I don't even think I'm still over it yet. <laughs> uh, I think we've answered this one from Matthew Ellis 72 uh, not about the game but given Nootboom's performance does he start at left tackle or does Whitworth slot back in and I, th- I think we uh, we answered that not yeah. two minutes ago in saying that if Whitworth's fit he's got to be on the field yeah just for the leadership I think and the experience yeah um, and it, it's it's that safety blanket isn't it to, to, to know he's there plus I don't think you can for the career he's had, I don't think you can not give him this opportunity. Yeah. And I, I was having a little bit of a conversation with um, a Bengals fan earlier today. And the is, majority... Is there, is there a few of them in the UK? <laughs> he, he seemed genuine. He seemed to be in the UK on the right timeline. <laughs> and um, he and the fan base are, are pretty much of one voice in that they, they still really miss Andrew Whitworth as a Bengals player. And they wish him all the best and that he deserves to be in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, let's as see much if as, they say that, if they end up playing us. And, and as much as we've, we've sort of still got that passive support from the Lions fans with Matthew Stafford, I, th- I think on Sunday evening after the Bengals game, I think we'll have that passive support from the Bengals as well for Mr. Whitworth. The footage of the guy and from what I've read, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen AJ. it of the, of the Detroit Lions fan. Yes. Celebrating in his house when Stafford did what he did was also, and I think now I've read that some Rams fans have actually raised money via a sort of a go fund well, whatever to, to actually get him a ticket for the game on Sunday. Holden Canter Hold, actually facilitated that and somebody threw $500 straight in the pot. So they, they have a ticket for this guy. I think his Twitter handle is AJ or something very similar. And they're just arranging to actually get him into the, I think he's going to be the Marriott at um, LAX. Yeah, so, the fact is, it was to see a, a Lions fan doing that. Do you know what I mean, he ain't going to be jumping up and down like that for Mr. Goff, is he? Because anyway, <laughs> no, so don't say stuff like that. I can't say so, that. Sorry. So yeah, I, I think I think we have a lot of passive support from um, from a couple of teams here. Um, Hooksters, aka Benji, on Twitter. Um, we did our best to lose against the Buccaneers, and we cannot be that sloppy against the 49ers. And we, we've said this several times, you know. Despite the four turnovers, 
and the missed field goal and some errors and Tom Brady, you know, despite all of that, we still came out with the win on the road. And, you know, that takes guts. Character. It takes character. It takes some fantastic players. And, you know, there's all that, all that went wrong. And yet we still came away with the win. As much as I joked a minute ago in relation to Jared Goff being obviously at Detroit and it hasn't gone well for him and will it go well for him? Who knows? But to have, if that was going the way it was going and him at quarterback, what, but then you've now got Matthew Stafford. And yes, there'll be some people that say, Chris, you thought he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the time. On his day, he was. But you just see the difference in Matthew Stafford and the confidence that the team and the players have got in him, even when you're under the cosh. Indeed. And and there has been some games this year where you think, oh my God, what's he doing? But that that every player has a bad game. But when the chips are down, you've got the confidence in him to lead this team and that's what we haven't had is a leader. What else can you say from the guy? I, don't know, I, I think agree. It... And like, I don't think Jared Goff in that situation, I don't think we go through. And it's interesting. I was going to ask you guys, because I saw this question on Good Morning Football earlier today, and they were saying, does Matthew Stafford have to win the Super Bowl to be considered uh, among the top QBs because Jared Goff did get us to the Super Bowl. He just didn't win it. So I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Like, does it? Does he have to win it to to get that status? Chris, first. Um, he's 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 well regarded within the game, and because of how good he is and what he's done and what he is now doing, I think anybody, you if you want to be where you are in the game, you've got to have that ring, haven't you? In the end of the day, and to be regarded. Does he get into the Hall of Fame without a ring? I'm not sure. So if you want to be put into that ilk, I think that's where you, you, you've probably got to do that. And I, I'd actually thought about this before, Annika, but it's about the value of the trade that we actually made for, for Matthew Stafford. And I was, I'm sure I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I think we've got, we have to measure the value of his trade on the number of playoff wins he gets for the team and to some degree the manner in which he wins those games. So if we judge him now, you know, we've had two good playoff wins already. I thought, I was at the back of my mind, I thought him winning the NFC Championship game would be just about be enough to justify the trade this season. But then there's, there's, we've got to take other seasons into, into account at some point as well. I don't think he has to win the Super Bowl to justify his trade this season. There's got to be a level of consistency from him in so much as that I, I want to see us get to the playoffs next year and him replicate this type of form again. I think if he can get us to the Super Bowl and he does take the team and it's invariably the quarterback that we say has won the Super Bowl for us. I think if he does do that, then I, I think we have won the Matthew Stafford trade hands down. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> Agreed. No, the only thing can... that, that worries me within that, and it, again, it's very, it feels a little bit like the, the, the obviously that the 
2000 and I can't even remember what year we're in now. Was it 2018? Last time we were, we were there, 2017, whenever it was. It was the 2018 uh, season. Yeah, yeah. It, all years have mashed into one, haven't they, in the last couple of years? <laughs> um, we were all in that year in relation to who we had in the team, where we were, the players that we brought in. This year is very similar to the people that we brought in through the season, being OBJ, Von Miller. What the only thing that in relation to this season, and we've got to go, we are all in, and Matthew Stafford is is the man to do that. Is what weapons he has next year, mm. and that's what you've is always the thing in the back of your mind is that we are proper all in, and then cap space potentially may have a detrimental where it's actually a t- two or three more years to be there because we've been in that position before. So that's the only reason why I said potentially he would need to do it to be classed among the elite. But in my eyes, he's, he's the best thing that we've, we've done on the trade for a long time. Excellent. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Have, you given your, have you given your opinion, Annika? I, I agree. I think I, I like what you say, Tony, about um, for me, I do feel like he has justified the trade. But equally, I, I agree with Chris. And I think this is the year to do it because we are going all in. And I don't I don't know how it's going to look next year. So I kind of feel like it, I, I'm really rooting for him to get it this year, obviously, as we all are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moving back to Facebook for some more social media questions and with it being such a game, we do have quite a few to get through. So I hope you guys have got plenty of time, got your cocoa in front of you. Um, Lee Clark, uh, just glad we shut the commentators and media up. All second half was all about the Brady comeback, almost like they were willing it on. A walk this is what I said. It, it is. He's reiterated. Remember, he's, he, he did this yesterday, Chris. He's not just been listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, and he particularly enjoyed the walk-off field goal just to take the urine. So it was more of a comment than from Lee than anything and it, else. And it was interesting that all four games ended that way. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, every, every single one of them went to that thing. And I think that is that the first time ever in playoff history, I think all four games have been on, yeah. as a walk-off field goal, which just shows to a outsider looking in, welcome to the, to the NFL. <laughs> and I think the other thing to know is that when we won, all three road teams yeah. got the win. Yeah. It, it was under the Chiefs that booked it, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was some crazy game in itself. Wasn't yeah. it? I, I watched the highlights this morning, actually. Yeah, that was, that was proper crazy. Um, so Paul Charlton on Facebook again. Um, I think we've covered this, actually. But it seemed that we sat back and made too many mistakes. Let, the, let them, the books, back in to the, the game. It was a damn good game, and we should have put it to bed earlier. And I... You know, I don't think I can argue with any of that. We should have put it to bed around half time, like we agreed earlier, by scoring either side of it. And I think that would have killed the game for the Buccaneers. But um, looking back, it, it was a great game. It's one that will be remembered for all the right reasons about from, from Los Angeles' point of perspective, anyway. So Tom Oliver Evans um, just wanted to comment that he genuinely thought we were going to be on the end of another Brady comeback. If there is one quarterback who can lead a comeback, it's him. I think that, and this may be an obvious comment, if Goss was, quote, Goss, 
Goff was quarterback. We definitely would not have made that last drive. Looking forward to next week, and we need to work on holding the ball in capitals. Um, David Doran um, replies says I doubt that we would have made the playoffs with Goff to be honest Um, he was ready to switch the game off at 27 all Dave Dave never switch it off we need you Um, Tom sort of agrees with that and then Dave comes back with another comment saying is it just me or are others not looking forward to Sunday's championship game does McVeigh have a different plan for the 49ers up to now his plans haven't worked so what do we do different I, I, th- I hope we covered that a little bit earlier with um, Chris's commentary yeah I'm I'm, I'm ready let's do it let's, <laughs> do you know what I mean you've, you've only got to face the, the fight in front of you so the the, the, uh, the streak has got to end at one point. Look at what they did in relation to McVeigh's streak. They can't keep doing it forever. Let's just go smash them back in the mouth and put points on them. Yep. Um, Vince Kitagawa gets a second mention this evening. Uh, <laughs> one of the better coaching jobs by McVeigh and staff. The turnovers caused the game to swing towards Tampa. The clock management issues continue for coach. Delay of game and odd timeouts are driving him crazy. Why does it take so long to get to, to get the play off? Coach needs to refine his system. And as much as yeah, you know, everybody agrees that Sean McVeigh is a good coach. He is, oh, crikey, is he 37 now? It was his birthday earlier in the week, wasn't it? Oh, he's so uh, old. 37. <laughs> um, I think everybody agrees that he's a good coach, but I think he's had some great experience and he's doing some great things for us, but I still think there's a lot that he can learn and adapt his game to. Annika, do you think, what are your thoughts there? He does make some weird decisions and, and it's funny because me and my husband were actually having a similar conversation during the game and, and how he he uses his timeouts at really weird times and, and sometimes leaves himself a bit short as well. And um I guess I guess it's all a learning experience, as you say, isn't it? And it's just I don't know. I think like he's a great coach and let's not forget the 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 Fisher era. So uh, <laughs> when you compare him to that, I don't think he, he can never do anything wrong in my eyes. But yeah, I, th- I obviously I think there's there's tweaks he needs um, to to his game that that he needs to work on. But um, I think we're getting there with him. Like I I feel very confident in a lot more confident in in the team that I'm seeing over the last few weeks than I have done in, in a long time. So. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a question we've asked before, before I get Chris back into this question, and Annika's not been in on this conversation, but do you think that a veteran offensive coordinator or an offense, a veteran defensive coordinator would benefit Sean McVeigh? I think, I think it would. I, I do, actually, yeah. And, and I just think, because he is, he is quite still young within the game, really, when you look at, like, you know... The likes of Arians, Belichick, you know, there's so like he is still young, and and I think any experience that you know he can gather from those would be beneficial. Oh God, I've just had a premonition. <laughs> Chris, comments about Sean McVeigh? Yeah, I've just had a thought about something. Who is no. a vet? 
No, don't. No, no thinking don't right even play it. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Yes. Don't, don't do that. We're not doing that. <laughs> that's not no. what I'm, that's not going to happen, is it? it? It's not. Okay, good. Right. So anyway, <laughs> Sean McVeigh, Chris. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm not sure. I was thinking about this today, actually, in relation to the conversations we've had before about um, sort of does he need that father figure effectively to to help him through the games and you'd like to hope now that he's in a position where he, he shouldn't need that but you do feel I just would like to know how much help he gets in relation to picking the plays and I've never really or it's never really been stated or shown we do have an offensive coordinator. Is he on the sideline or is he in the stand? And you'd like to think he's getting some help from above to actually call the plays and see it. Because you do see some some of the coordinators obviously sitting away from the side of the field. And I've never stood on the side of an NFL field. I don't know what you can how much you can actually see from there. But surely the eyes from above can give you that little bit more of a help to actually where it's going. As much as he can go to the tablet and see it in between plays, he's still the head coach. So he's still got to look at what's going on in the, in, the, in the more of the game if he needs to challenge or anything like that. So there's only so much he can do as the offensive coordinator and as the head coach. So I don't know. It's just, it, That's just the one little pick, isn't it, for me? Okay. So Tony Riles and Matthew Ellis had a bit of a back and forth on this. Do you reinstate wit and rap? straight away and I think I think we covered this already um, in so much as that Whitworth is a showing he gets to play whatever Taylor Rapp Chris I think so I think he probably would come in because again he's, he, he sees him as a sort of a senior player now doesn't he so I think he probably would come back in yeah okay Annika yeah I agree yeah if he's fit enough okay uh, Michael Woods one word answers please do we enjoy, actually enjoy, this emotional roller coaster every week, Annika? No. <laughs> Chris? I yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, I actually replied, yes, no. Yes, yes. Yes, no. Sometimes. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, it, it's good for the soul when you get, come out with the right results. Yeah, if it had gone the other way around, I'd have hated every minute. Yeah. <laughs> and our final question on Facebook um, Neil Keff or KHFC. I have no doubt that AD, Von Miller, and Floyd can get to the quarterback plenty, but do we think that the Rams can stop the Niners run game with Debo and Eli Mitchell, Chris? That that's the thing, isn't it? And Mitchell is is the one that obviously picks it up when Debo's blowing. Um but Debo Sample is is for what he's actually doing this season and, and the way that they completely flip the game for him is what you've effectively got to look out for. How you, But what you've got to look at, for me, you, you've got to look at it two ways. You've got to take him out of the game. So Jalen Ramsey follows him in my eyes. Doesn't matter where he goes, even if he's in the backfield, Jalen Ramsey effectively plays as a linebacker and follows the guy. That's how I would take him out of the game. Okay. And then you've got to then put the three guys of going, right, make sure that they are not running this ball. Make sure Jimmy Tree tries to hold it and we smash him in the mouth. And you see that blood that come out of Brady? <laughs> this guy used to play with Brady. Give him it. 
simple as that. Annika? I agree, but I think you need two on, on Debo Samuel. <laughs> I think just have two people follow him the whole time, then we've completely got him covered. <laughs> okay. Any other business? I know Chris has a bit of an announcement for us. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. We are now back live with the LA Rams UK merchandise. So take a look on our social medias. You will see the link through on our pages which takes you through to all our different platforms but there is now the la rams uk shop is back live we've got a new supplier it is fantastic gear it's very well priced what a great time to buy some la rams uk gear as we are on the charge it is open people go treat yourself and that can also be found at la rams.uk as well chris it is everywhere don't you anywhere you see LA Rams UK, there will be a link to our shop. Fantastic. Annika, any other business? Uh no, no, nothing. Just uh yeah, let's uh keep everything crossed for Sunday and, and hopefully we'll be at the big one. Excellent. Uh question, Annika though. Uh, how has your husband found the playoffs this season? <laughs> hated it. He's absolutely hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Had a very uncomfortable game watching uh, the Bills with him. And then ever since then, he obviously was cheering for Brady on Sunday. So I wasn't happy about that. Oh, so, that's um, yeah, yeah. It's been been a tough, tough season for him. <laughs> bless, bless. Um, last chance. You didn't have anything else up your sleeve there, did you, Chris? No, nothing else for me. Just I am ready and raring to go now for Sunday. We go at them, we smash them, we beat them. Fantastic. Thank you very much, both of you, for being with us this evening. It has been an absolute hoot. I've enjoyed this immensely. Best podcast guests ever. Uh, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I, th- I think that might be something to do with the game that we all watched at the weekend. Uh, so <laughs> a reminder that the kickoff for the NFC Championship game is at SoFi at not Greenwich meantime but um, UK time 23.30 on Sunday evening thank you very much for joining us Chris a pleasure as always and thank you very much to Annika for joining us thank you for having me and thank you to everybody for listening Good night. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more, make sure you follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Los Angeles Rams UK or head to laRams.uk for articles and merch.